Welcome to a new episode of the Soccer and Fitness Show with your host and creator of the podcast, Sean Spencer. I am here recording once again in Houston, Texas. Uh, Quite thankful at the moment. We've just missed uh, the massive hurricane Ida, which hit the sort of the state next to us, which isn't isn't too far away. Um, it was like category five and then category four. So luckily we we managed to miss that. Uh, that's brought a little bit of sort of wind and sort of slightly cooler temperatures, although it's still in and around that hundred degrees and super humid. So that's what's been going on here in, in Houston. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about Manchester United, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Ronaldo mainly. So that's going to be, that's going to be the, the, the topic for today. But before we jump into that, uh, as is tradition when recording, I am here with a wheat Belgian style, no, Belgium style white ale wheat. Uh, from Carback Brewing Company, and uh, this one, this one's pretty close to where where we live, not too far, based in Houston. So that is what I'm going to be drinking. It is freezing cold, the can, which is nice because I worked out this this morning. So yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. I've just been out, and it's like I said, it's pretty hot still. All right, so sit back, relax, and hopefully enjoy enjoy the episode. Here we go. Three, two, one. So before we jump into the episode, I should disclose that I am a Liverpool fan, always have been a Liverpool fan. Um, However, I think I can remain pretty impartial with certainly talking about Manchester United. The reason for that is about what we're looking at, sort of 2000 and, 2007, 2007, 2008, when I was sort of like a young up-and-coming up coach. I was studying at the University of Central Lancashire in, in the Northwest, and I was studying uh, sort of sports coaching, football coaching, or soccer coaching. One of the things that that we needed to do was sort of get experience in the the work environment that we wanted to to go into. So obviously, the majority of the time that was was voluntary. So I was I was looking at soccer clubs like to, to to coaching and at the time I was working through I had my level two and I was just about working on my UA for B. Um and I, I always wanted to be involved with top level soccer clubs. That that was the goal. I had Preston North End who were in the championship on my doorstep and I spoke to them and they they were they were okay. I watched I watched a couple of sessions but it it wasn't very I don't know what the the word was. Um, it was difficult. It was difficult to sort of organise and everything. Um, so I, I went down to Liverpool Melwood, Liverpool's training ground, the old training ground. They still got it, but they've obviously they built the the new one. Um, and spoke spoke to the people in charge there, which was very very difficult. It was hard enough getting past the the receptionist at the time. 
but couldn't couldn't really get anywhere and they weren't really interested in me sort of being around and watching or learning or anything to be honest so luckily luckily uh Manchester United opened opened the doors up and I was with them for sort of two two years where I was able to to study. I was able to see Alex Ferguson, Rennie Mullenstein, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in, Van Nistelrooy came in, um and a whole like host of sort of knowledge and like I said, it was like the all access experience, which was which was perfect for me. Um, and the main reason for that, I think, was the the guy who who was sort of my line manager, the guy who was in charge, um, was an ex an ex sort of teacher, and he was he was well behind education, and he understood the need for young people like me being able to get access to stuff like this. So anyway, Manchester United opened the doors and then later on, a couple of years later, I went back to work for Manchester United. So in terms of, so as a fan, I'm a Liverpool fan and always have been, but in terms of professional relationship, um, working-wise and and them as like a, a club, Manchester United is sort of very, very close to my heart and... Um, yeah, I owe pretty much all my youth coaching career to to them, really. So, like I said, I'm pretty impartial with with this, um, and yeah, wish them all the best. So that being said, uh, they've had trouble with like Van Gaal came in and uh, David Moyes came in after Alex Ferguson, and then, and then Mourinho. I actually really wanted Mourinho to do well at Manchester United. I, I've always sort of been a fan of of his, even when he was at Chelsea that first time. Um, again, being a Liverpool fan, it was sort of Rafa Benitez versus, versus Mourinho. But I always sort of liked how he got into into soccer and became became a coach because obviously he wasn't an ex-professional player and he just studied and worked hard and basically became became who he is today. So that being said, all the managers sort of came and went, and then they they got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in as interim sort of manager, caretaker manager, and massive, massive question marks on that experience-wise in terms of management. He was he'd been at a, a Swedish team called Mold M O L D E, I think. Um. But knew Manchester United, knew the fans, knew the the sort of the people behind the scenes, and the fans sort of held him um, as as a hero. Because those of you that are listening to this and don't really know the the story, he played in the treble winning side and scored scored one of the goals in the final against by Munich. By Munich at half time were odds on favourite, they were winning the game and then Manchester United came back to to win the Champions League which also secured them the treble, they won the FA Cup the league and the Champions League back in 1999 famous team with with Beckham and Solskjaer, Sheringham uh, Dwight York and, and Andy Cole and co so he was part of that and is and rightfully so, a Manchester United legend. He was very famous as coming on for as a substitute and and scoring. 
And that, that was one of the things that he came into Manchester United when I was coaching to speak to, to the youth teams. And he was saying like how, when he's in a one-on-one situation, what, what he would do. Because a lot of people, a lot of strikers, when they get time to think, that's that's when they um, struggle a, a, a little bit. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer used to say that he would aim for the goalkeeper's legs as the goalkeeper came out. And then as they go to set, they always open the legs. And that's how he managed to score so many goal, goals through the goalkeeper's legs. So now... He he then got offered the management job after a couple of good results in the Champions League, uh, mainly against Paris Saint-Germain. Got offered the job and then struggled, struggled for a, a big period of time, which also then sort of raised more question marks. And to be fair, to be fair, I I was one of them, and I, and I still kind of am. I think his his weakness is is tactically. I don't doubt his his man management. I think, like I said, he understands the culture of the club. I think he understands how to speak to the players, um, and he's he's brought in coaches like feeling and that. So the coaching side's covered, the man management side's covered, and it's it. it really is like the, the the tactical side where the question marks have come. Now, to give him credit, he's he's managed to sort of work within his strengths over the past 100 games. So that's how, how many games he's been in charge now. And he, he's been doing pretty well. Last season finished extremely strong um, with, with a half decent team I would say when he came in the team was a lot weaker and during his tenure he's managed to to strengthen the team so some of the players that he's got at his disposal now are Paul Pogba Rafael Varane, Jordan Sancho, Cavani, Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, uh, Lingard, Martial, David De Gea, Harry Maguire, Mata, Shaw, James, Fred, Phil Jones, and so on and so on. So now the squad, the squad is is starting to to, to grow, and one of sort of my favourite players centre-back wise is Raphael Varane I I actually was shocked when I saw this because obviously I'm in I'm in America and we don't we don't really have Sky Sports News on 24-7 like we would in England so in England you just know every single transfer that's going on Um, and the Varane one just kind of snuck up on me and I I saw on Twitter when he was he was um, sort of at one of Manchester United's games it might have been the Leeds game um, there was photos and sort of a video of him walking down the tunnel. So with Varane, he, to me, is one of the best centre-backs in, in the world without a shadow of a doubt. Um, quick, intelligent, can take the ball forward, can play. I, I really like him. So when I when I saw that they had signed him, I was like, oh, wow. And then alongside Jordan Sancho, if you're not familiar with him, then you should 
sort of have a look on YouTube and have a look at what he was doing at Borussia Dortmund. And the thing that I like about him is the fact that he went to Germany. I think this is, again, I'm not going to go off on a tangent here because I could probably do a whole uh, podcast episode on this, but not not many English players tend to play abroad, um, certainly early on in the in the career. Uh, a lot of them will play. They'll they'll sort of go down into the championship to get their experience. But he he went over to Germany and been playing for Borussia Dortmund, which I think travel and understanding and learning a different culture, especially German culture, is is just going to make him such a, a better player. So anyway, Manchester United have have signed him. They already had Paul Pogba. Um, Pogba, I remember watching him quite a lot. I was living in Connecticut. Um, I remember watching him for for Juventus a lot on being sports. And again, he's had he's had a lot of media uh, attention. But when when he's playing and when he's on, like there's nobody any better than him. Cavani, striker, excellent. Bruno Fernandez. And I think I think Bruno Fernandez is the one that has saved Olegunov Solskjaer's career, and I think if Solskjaer is a success at Manchester United, he, he owes it all to that signing. Now I know obviously he was involved in that signing, being the manager, but last season when when he came in, he was I, I watched Manchester United um, where they were shocking for the majority of the game. And then he he was a different class, ended up winning the game for them, which was very similar to when Cantona sort of first came in at Manchester United. Manchester United, uh, back in the 90s, had made a load of changes, sold a load of players. Um, and Cantona was kind of that player that sort of bridged the next generation. And I feel as though he did a, he did a similar job. Um, so Fernandez, love him. Love him. Wish he was at Liverpool. Uh, Marcus Rashford, again, young, quick, dangerous player. Excellent, excellent player. Um, and I could I could go on. Obviously, David uh, De Gea and and Tom Heaton, goalkeepers. So they're, they're covered there. And then and then they have they have Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw at the Euros was was magnificent. He had a horrific career. Um, a potentially career-ending injury has managed to come back stronger. And I would say with Luke Shaw, um, people might disagree with me on this, but Mourinho helped him by singling him out and sort of Luke Shaw proving Mourinho wrong in that he could come back and, and be be a player. Um, so, yeah, like I said, then there's, there's players around that but we've recently just learned that now Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo could be coming in. It looks almost done. It's not signed, sealed, delivered yet. But Cristiano Ronaldo is going to come in. Um, I saw, saw a couple of arguments about Cristiano Ronaldo coming in and, and it put in like the younger players out, like the Rashfords and, and stuff like that. And that um, Solskjaer should think that like the longer term picture. But in my opinion, if you are wanting to be champions and you're wanting to be the best, you have to have the best players now. You want to have the youth team players. And 
and what's going to happen is the likes of Sancho, the likes of Rashford are, are going to learn from Ronaldo, whether he's there for a year or two years. Similar to when Ibrahimovic was there, it's going to be an education for for all them younger players. And again, it's just competition for for places as well. Um, and a lot of people don't don't realise if you're going to be competed in the FA Cup, Champions League, and the league. The squad size you need in this day and age now is is massive, just because of the, the obviously the travel, but the speed of the game and the intensity that you've you've got to be you've got to be at. You need to be able to to rest and and rotate players around a little bit. And what you don't want as Solskjaer is relying on Fernandez to to produce miracles every week. You want to be able to rely on Ronaldo. Fernandez, Pogba, um, Rashford, you want to have them options. So all that being said, now where does the next 50 to 100 games um where are the potential hazards for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? And I think I think the big one now is being able to manage or man-manage the calibre of players that are coming in. So, again, this is, this is my opinion. I think up to now, the team has almost picked itself with, with injuries and with like Fernandes and Pogba and stuff like that. The team's sort of picked itself. Now, he, Solskjaer, is going to have to start making certain decisions on players that could be in form and doing well, and he's going to have to, he's going to have to drop them and he's going to have to make decisions based on sort of form and the opponent that he's, that he's playing on, playing against. And we've seen that, again, Mourinho's done it for, for years. Pep Guardiola has done it with sort of Barcelona and 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 Man City and that in itself is going to be is going to be tricky because you've got to you've got to keep everybody happy you've got to get everybody to buy into to the one the one goal and at Manchester United it's a, a world renowned massive club so you've you've also got to do that under a microscope which again Alex Ferguson managed managed to do it um, but he is also one of the best managers of all time, if not the best manager um, of all time. So that's that's what I'm going to be sort of watching out for now. Like I said, the Ronaldo thing isn't isn't a done deal yet, but it's it's pretty close, and it looks like it's gone is going to happen. But I think ultimately for the league, if you'd listened to the last episode, I went on a Premier League rant because. The first, the first game and everything that had been happening with the money was um, a little bit frustrating, and the the games weren't great. But the past, the past two weeks, um, has been a little bit better. Watched the the Liverpool Chelsea game that was good, and Manchester City, Man United, Leeds. So, I think, I think with Chelsea this season, who look extremely strong led by a very, very good coach, Liverpool. Um, 
Manchester United, now back to the old Manchester United, I think, alongside Manchester, Manchester City. Um, and then and then you've got the rest doing well, like Everton, Everton look look good now. Leeds are always dangerous. So it, it could potentially sort of come come together after after the international break. Um I'm also I'm also liking that the fans the fans are back. I hope I hope it stays that way. Um with everything that's going on with COVID and stuff. I think the game the game needs it. Um, the players need it, the fans need it, the coaches need it. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Um, but other than that, we're going to see what happens over the next couple of days with, with the transfers. But I'm excited to see if Manchester United can go back to, not necessarily go back, but be as dominant as they was with with Alex Ferguson, because I, I think I think it's going to be good for Liverpool, Chelsea, um, and Manchester Manchester City. I would say Arsenal, but Arsenal at the moment, I, I, I don't I don't know what to say about Arsenal. So we'll we'll just see. Um, but yeah, that is about it for for the episode. Just wanted to. Just wanted to talk about that, really. Um, so, yeah, if you could um, leave a review if you're listening on Apple, that'd be greatly appreciated. You can also go to the Anchor Anchor FM dashboard and you can leave messages and support the channel and, and all the all good stuff like that. I'm on Twitter. It's at the Spencer, capital T and capital S. And over on Instagram at resolute fitness so one day i'll sort of clean all this up and put it all to to um under one one sort of name but for the time being i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing uh but yeah thank you to everybody everybody that listens uh, i know i know wes wes will probably enjoy this this episode massive manchester united fan so yeah we'll we'll dedicate this one to wes all right i'm out Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye-bye.